How many are you ready for the Word of God? Are you ready today? Come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Can we give those people a hand? Maybe a first time guest today or watching online today. Can we give them a hand? How many appreciate our worship team? Do you appreciate those guys? Amen. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we love you and praise you. And I just pray within the sound of my voice, every person that watch online, every person in the sanctuary right now, God, every, every kid in our kids' space, every teacher teaching, every single person, Lord, we pray today that your life and your grace would flow in this place. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd anoint your servant, but anoint your people. Love your people through me today. Let the love of Jesus be poured out in this place today. Help them see what they must see. Help us see and become what we must become, Father. I pray this country, this state, these nations of the world, that Your grace and Your glory would be over them, that right leaders would be in right places. God, I pray for family leadership and, and business leadership. God, all across this place, I pray You'd raise leaders in this place. Come on, pray this simple prayer. Say, Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. Open my eyes to see. Open my ears to hear. Open my heart to understand. In Your mighty Name I pray. And I declare today that I will be different. I will be stronger. I will be more grace-filled. In Your powerful Name. And the Church Alive said, Amen. 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 Praise God. Grab your seat, Church Alive. Grab your seat. We've been in a series called Unlikely Leader, the Unlikely Leader. I find it interesting that God chose me to be a leader in many ways because I remember doing a speech as a 10th grade student. I had a three by five card and I was speaking in front of my 10th grade audience and I remember looking down at my notes and literally seeing my cheeks shake. And isn't it amazing that God speaks to us and causes us and challenges us to become many times something that we are not. Called me to be a speaker in front of lots of people, even though I was scared of it. Here's the funny thing today. This week, I actually had the opportunity to um, speak in front of my kids' school. Kindergarten, first grade, second grade, one session. The next session was third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. So I want to let you know, I was way more scared speaking in front of kindergartners in first grade and second grade than I am towards you. Why? Because I was like, do they even know what I'm talking about? Do they understand my accent? Do they, do they understand the words that I'm using? I'm not sure. They'll look at you cross-eyed, picking their nose. Just, you're like, am I getting it? And then I realised the story I was about to tell them was way too scary for them. I was about to give them nightmares and I had to change it last minute. I'm like, man, I'm changing the story. But in the end, I gave them candy. <laughs> and they loved me and the teachers hated me. So anyway, <laughs> praise God. I want to talk to you today about the necessity of the spirit of faith. The necessity of the spirit of faith. How many believe that perception matters? 
how you perceive something, how you picture something. Perception actually matters. I remember hearing an interesting story many years ago about a, a company sending a salesman to Africa and he was a shoe salesman. And he literally reported back to the company. He says, send me back, bring me back. No one wears shoes here. Then a salesman many years later was sent to Africa and he said, send as many shoes as you can. No one wears shoes here. Perception matters. Numbers chapter 13. We're gonna dive into a passage of Scripture that is a famous one and I, I love this text. I remember hearing messages. I actually read a book on this at 18 and 19 years of age. We're gonna jump into a text where there are, to me, 12 unlikely leaders. They are 12 unlikely leaders because they are found, they are Hebrews found in Egypt. They are literally born slaves. They've grown up to be slaves and then God frees them. And then very quickly they go from slave to free men to then leaders. How many know that could be some challenges? And uh, these 12 leaders are sent by Moses into the promised land. And we, we pick up the text. Numbers 13 verse one says this, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. Someone say, which I am giving them. God has promised to give them the land and their job was to simply just check it out. It is promised. Someone say promised. God has promised. He promised to set them free. And what did He do? He set them free. He promised to bring them through the desert and feed them every day and He did that. He promised to give them water from a rock and He did that. He, he promised to set them free. And so they've been on this journey, an amazing journey to be set free. And now they're on the edge and the precipice of literally walking into all that God has for them. And now 12 of the men are sent as really spies into the land. And the Bible says this, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Someone say leader. So at the Lord's command, Moses sent them out from the desert of Paran and all of them were what? Leaders of the Israelites. Verse 17, when Moses sent them to explore Canaan, he said, go up through the Negev and on into the hill country. See what the land is like. Whether the people who live there are strong or weak, few or many. What kind of land do they live in? Is it good or bad? What kind of towns do they live in? Are they unwalled or fortified? How's the soil? Is it fertile or poor? Are there trees in it or not? Do your best to bring back some of the fruit of the land. And it was the season for the first ripe grapes so they went up and explored the land. 12 men, someone say 12 men. 12 men, same background, grew up slaves, had that harsh treatment of the Egyptians. They have the same background. They have the same title. Their title is leader. Their same assignment. They are literally sent into the land. They have the same promise. Do you see this? The same background, same title, same promise, isn't it amazing that the same title, same background, same promise, yet they come back with a completely different report? Ten of them come back and the Bible says it comes back as an evil report. Some translations say they literally brought back lies. Some translations say that they brought back a negative report. 
And I was beginning to process this and think about this. I'm like, how come 12 men are are sent into a land and they're sent to spy it out? Just check it out. Go see what I am literally giving you. And it's a land the size of like Jersey plus Pennsylvania plus Connecticut, about 60,000 square miles. So they probably had to split out and maybe they get sent two by two and they're they're to observe the land from the hills and watch over it. And they see large men in the land and they see kind of uh, fortified cities in the land. They see that the vegetation is beautiful and amazing. And, and, um, and I like to jump into the text and, and, and even when the text doesn't give me some information, I like to at least play it out in my mind. You ever do that? None of you. Good. Wow. Uh, you should. It's, it's good. It's a good time. <sighs> And what's interesting, and I began to imagine the first day of exploring the land and the second day and the third day and the fourth day and the fifth day and the sixth day. And you imagine when you first go out, you're like, come on, let's go see the land God's giving us. Let's go see the land. Come on, big guy, let's go. And we'll go check out Connecticut and I'll take Derek and we'll go to South Jersey and we'll just kind of check out the land. Come on, I'm gonna take Albert and this one's gonna, Albert, would you go check out Pennsylvania over there? And they're just all going in different places, all over the place, spread out everywhere. And uh, when you first go, you're like, man, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be great. And you're praying together and saying, God, I can't believe you're giving us this land. You're seeing the fortified cities. And, and over time, maybe 10 days in, you kind of get this feeling like, man, these guys, they're bigger than us. And, and they're a little bit scarier than us. And the cities, are, they're not just these small little cities. No, they're literally fortified. They're impressive cities and so forth. And what's interesting, have you ever been around someone who's trying to really follow God? but you know his past. Someone's like, I'm gonna follow Jesus now. And you're like, oh, come on, you're gonna follow Jesus? I was with you last year when I was at that party two years ago and I know you, I heard about you. I saw you on Instagram. I saw what you post. I've seen your bedroom. You're gonna be a leader. Your bedroom's a mess. I've seen your bank account. I see you pay your bills late. You're going to be a leader. And I imagine to myself that these leaders, unfortunately, began to be so familiar with one another that then they began to see the weaknesses of one another. And they no longer saw the call of God on their life. They began to see the shortcomings and the failures and the weaknesses. And perhaps one of them says to the other one, hey, I'm gonna take down this giant. He says, I remember I saw you when you were literally a slave and that Egyptian was kicking your tail and you didn't do nothing. And he's just reminding him of his past and reminding him of his past. And somehow the promise starts to feel like it's further and further away and the giants are closer and closer. And what God has said literally seems a long way away. And God has brought them out of Egypt, but all they can think of is the problems in front of them. Have you ever been there? Come on, have you ever been there? Here's what the Bible says in Exodus chapter three. This is over and over again. How many know that God doesn't speak to you once? He gives you the word over and over again, over and over again. God has promised this passage of scripture, this particular land of of the promised land. He has promised it about 55 times. That's a few. 
Exodus chapter 3. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites and all the Ites. And the Bible promises... (laughs) The Bible promises Abraham the land, promises Isaac the land, Jacob the land, Moses the land. The children of Israel are promised the land. The leaders are promised the land. All of them have a promise. Hear me now. All of you have a promise. All of you have a promise that you actually can follow God, that you actually can hear God. But how many know that sometimes it seems that the giants of your past or the internal giants of your life seem to speak louder than anything else. Oh, it's easy to have faith in church. When Priscilla's singing. Actually, she doesn't sound like that at all. When Magnus is playing the guitar and singing and Josh Faringa with his fancy hair is playing the drums and And it's easy to have faith in the moment, but I wanna tell you that we cannot live on just secondhand faith, secondhand revelation, because what I would say to you today, that the difference between 10 leaders coming back with a negative report and two leaders coming back with a positive report would be this, that the 10 leaders lived on secondhand revelation. Secondhand revelation, secondhand revelation is you hear a preacher talk about it, You come and you hear it and you might hear it for years, but you don't internalise it. You don't allow some private time. We say, God, He's talking about a promise, but, but what do you have for me? Many years ago, I remember speaking for the first time in college at this college ministry and I had someone come up to me and say, Heather, you might be called to the ministry. And how do you know that's encouraging? Like, yeah, I might be. And at the time, I didn't know if I was or I wasn't. But how many know that I can't live 18 years of my life on secondhand encouragement from someone 18 years ago? I have to have a conviction in my own heart that yes, this is what I'm called to do. When your church is 37 people for two and a half years and you're like, God, why isn't it growing? You better have an inner conviction that God has actually called you to do something for Him. Come on, am I preaching to anyone today? And slowly the size of the challenges around them began to shout louder than the promises in them. The challenges around them, the challenges in them began to shout louder than the promises in them. The number 40 in the Scripture is the number of testing and they are sent to spy out the land for 40 days and what happens is what's in them has to come out of them at 40 days. Secondhand revelation. Leaders who'd heard about the promises but had not internalised the promises. I wonder if there's any people in here who have heard you can have a good marriage but haven't internalised. You can actually have a good marriage by hearing God's voice on the inside. I wonder if there's any people in here today that know you're called or know God has a plan for you but you have not internalised that God actually has something for you. 
notice this, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Here's what the Bible says in Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron. They've been out 40 days. They come back. They're about to give a leadership report. They've got their PowerPoint. They've got their points. They're like, hey, we're about to do a presentation. They come back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh. And then they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. Uh, the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land in which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Someone say, that's good. Here is its fruit, but. It's an amazing land. God promised us the land, but there are problems. Don't you wish the problems would just go away? <laughs> you might be like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a leader. I want to tell you, you're going to handle more problems as a leader. Because the essence of leadership is serving people. And how many know people have problems? How many know more people, more problems? <laughs> You've heard it said more money, more problems. I'm not sure about that, but I know it's more people, more problems. I want to be a great leader for God. You better be able to carry some problems. You better be able to carry a spirit of faith. It can't last for a week. It can't, you can't be fired up from a conference for one month. You can't go to transform just once. You got to keep on going and keep on going and keep on going. How many know, like, you don't go to the gym for eight weeks and be a bodybuilder. And some people want to be super Christian and go to transform for eight weeks and say, I never have to go again. And I want to say, are you smoking drugs? You need to show up and 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 keep coming. You're like, how many times are going to keep on coming? How about this? The rest of your life. Think about church. When's God going to solve your problems? He's like, what if you're called to solve someone else's problems? And you're called to not just come to church to get faith. You're called to come to church to get faith so that you can be a blessing to other people. Your maturity is not how much you know. It's how quickly you obey and how much you sacrifice for others. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. We should go up and take possession of the land for we, someone say we, we. can certainly do it. Caleb and Joshua come back and they say, this is my report. 10 of them say, this is my report. This says to me that just because you got a leadership title, you got your leadership cap, you got your leadership t-shirt. This doesn't mean that you're a leader. No, a leader is one who sees the promises of God and says, come hell or high water, that will come to pass. But the men who had gone up with them said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. Do you know that we don't vote in our church? We don't vote. If they voted to go into the promised land, 10 of them were wrong. Two of them were right. 10, that's a kind of majority. 
you didn't just win. You like decimated your opponents. If you're a political guy, you're like, 10, <laughs> got 10 people voting for me. You got two. You're a loser. I'm a winner. Let me say, God often calls people to show up and speak, whether it's popular or whether it's not. And leadership isn't following the popular opinion. It is actually doing what God has called you to do, despite whether people like it, whether people don't like it. But the men who had gone up with them, verse 31, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they'd explored. They said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there of great size, the Nephilim, the Nephilim were there. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Someone say we. They didn't just have a self-image problem individually. They had a self-image problem collectively. We. We. Do you know one of the best things for any marriage, any family in here is to speak well of one another so that the person rises to what you say about them instead of you just saying what they don't do all the time. See, you know that sometimes why God has to remove people from their family background is their family background speaks so negatively about them that they can't flourish there, but they have to move somewhere else because then when they move somewhere else, sometimes they can rise into who they're meant to be. Have you ever seen someone who's tried to maybe change their morning and get more discipline and it'll be your friends like, what, you're gonna get disciplined? You're like, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. You're like, I'm going to be a business owner. And you're like, man, you can't even pay your bills. Warren Buffett was broke one day. That means if you're broke, don't call yourself broke. Just say, I'm in an economic transition. You might have had all the wrong girlfriends and all the wrong boyfriends. You're saying, I'm in a relational transition. I'm learning from the past and I'm moving on to the future. No, I used to choose bad women. I used to choose bad men. Not anymore. I kicked the fools out. <laughs> Overcoming leaders allowed the promises of God to live and breathe in them through the revelation of the Holy Spirit. But watch this now. Not only did they have a poor self-image, but they viewed one another with eyes of defeat. They spent too long reminding each other of their past instead of their victories. They spent too long reminding them of their past instead of their victories. They spent too long reminding them of their past instead of their victories. Don't follow people who make you a victim all the time. 
Don't follow people who are always pointing back to what happened back then, what happened back then, what happened back then. Forgive and move on. Forgive, let it go. Forgive and move on because you become what you focus on. The Bible actually says we are to go from glory to glory as we behold Him. As we look to Jesus, we actually are changed by Jesus. As we look to Jesus, we are changed by Jesus. That's why some people want to point you back to the past. But I'm telling you, God wants to take people from the past to their future. God wants to take many of you from your past to your future. Don't hold on to the past. Let it go. Move on. Man, I feel that strong. Your past has no future. Your past has no future. This happened. All of them were slaves. The leaders who were to lead people into the promised land, they were slaves. Do you know how many excuses slaves would have? My owner beat me. My owner talked bad about me. He injected fear into me. He injected this. But Caleb and Joshua, the Bible says, they had a different spirit. A different spirit says, God, doesn't matter what did happen to me. I know you're good anyway and you have something good for me. Therefore, I will move into my future, not complain about my past, not complain about what is in the land. I am am able to overcome it. You know, the funny thing is, this year I felt like the Lord put on my heart that I was to start to coach leaders outside our church on how to bring transformation to their church. Now, it's one thing to bring it into your church. It's another thing to see it succeed in your church, but it's another thing to actually say, hey, I think this is so good. I think you should lean into it. But I felt like the Lord real strong. So now's the time. And as I began to step out in that, I would share some videos and I, I voice text a whole bunch of different leaders and friends that I know. I'm like, hey man, I'm, I'm seeing so many good things happen in our church with our men that man, I, I'd, I'd love to uh, just share with some things we've learned. I've done it bad, I've done it good. And now I feel like we've tapped into some things. And do you know that as I've done that, do you know what voices began to stir up in me? No one wants it. You're not good enough. God says, no, 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 son. Don't look at the past. Don't hear the giants on the inside. Begin to declare what I have declared. The Bible says, how can two walk together unless they are agreed? Which means if God says He would like it to go all across America, then who am I to disagree with Him? If God says He wants it to go all across the world, who am I to disagree with Him? I have to get out of my own way. I have to get out of my own insecurities. I gotta get out of my own fear. I gotta get over myself and say, God, if you've promised it, no one said it was gonna be easy. No one said it was start big. And now this fall, I'm meeting with a number of different leaders, one a campus pastor, one a senior pastor, one in correction industry, one as a ministry leader, and one who's trying to lead some things in his state. And me and Pastor Fernando are coaching some people how to bring transformation to their men. But here's the funny thing. Sometimes the voices on the inside still go, no one's gonna listen. 
<laughs> Do it anyway. You can't have a good family. What about your past? Yes, you can. You know, I found in Christian circles, too many people think if they run after God, the devil's going to attack them, the devil's going to attack them, the devil's going to get them, the devil's going to get them. And I found more than anything else, the, the, the blessed place to be is the obedient place to be. I found he can't touch you if you're obedient. There is a hedge of protection around you if you're obedient. If you stay in faith. And the reason I say this to our church is because it is not just important that you have individual strong faith. It's actually important we see each other. We look around at each other and say, man, God must have gold in us. And I pray that out of this, this message in this series, that you begin to pray, say, God, help me see the gold in other people. Help me see the giftings and the callings in other people because God has put it in them. But you and I's job is many times to see it. And if we're too busy thinking about our own failures and inadequacies, then we can't see the gold in other people. But let me prophesy into this church, there is gold in you. There are gifts in you. There is callings in you. God has called you to be an overcomer. God has called you to win. God has called you to have a healthy, growing, strong, flourishing family. God's called you to be wise in your finances. God's called you to run the race that He set before you. Man, how important is encouragement? Charles Schwab said this, he says, I have yet to find the man, however exalted his station, who did not do better work and put forth greater effort under a spirit of approval than under a spirit of criticism. Let your house, let this house be a culture of encouragement. Let, it, let, let people just come into this place and you go, it's almost like they believe in me in this place. Come on, am I preaching to anyone today? I believe that God has big things for this church. But that means the people who sit in this church, God must have big things for you. Because you sit here. I was encouraged last Wednesday. We had more men, I think, on Transform Night than ever. But, but hear me now. I'm not just looking for 140 men to show up on a Wednesday night, though that's encouraging. I'm looking for hundreds of leaders in that room. And I don't know how long that will take, but I know it must happen because I know what I see. And I see thousands. I see thousands. And if that is the call of God for this house, if that is the call of God for Transform, if that is the call of God, then who am I to get in the way? You know, some people say you can't grow a church in New Jersey. Rubbish! You can! You just gotta keep doing it longer. There'll be business leaders in this church and I, and I declare today, there'll be business leaders in this church that it won't be a big deal for you to give $100,000 or $500,000 or a million dollars in years to come. Why? Because I don't believe God is up in heaven saying, oh, we can't build a big church here. Land's too expensive. Is God nervous how expensive real estate is in, in Jersey? Is He like, I can't believe it. <laughs> what am I going to do? The church can't grow here. 
They tax people too much, which is true. But God is not nervous. God is not nervous on the giants in the land. And God is not nervous about your giants in your house. Now I will say this, it does mean you have to confront some things in your life. It does mean you have to confront some things because 10 leaders failed to confront their own unbelief and they ended up leading people on a journey of 40 years in the wilderness. Watch out who you follow. Watch out who you follow. The person you follow better be full of faith, hope and love. Not negativity, bitterness and everything else. The people you follow, listen, we're all following someone. How many know we're all, we're all sheep, man? Man, we all follow a shepherd whether you've named him or not. Make sure the one you're following knows where he's going. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not be in want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He guides and restores our soul. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All across this place, close your eyes. Father, I thank You. I sense Your touch here right now. And I pray right now that You would break everything over Your people that has been hindering them to the past, hindering, Lord, Your purpose in their life. Father, I pray for Caleb-like faith. I pray for Joshua-like faith, God, a different spirit that would feed on Your promises and feed on Your Word. Father, I pray over every spirit right now in the sound of my voice, Lord, that I pray there would be a breaking and a shaking of limitations of things that bind and hinder in the Name of Jesus. I pray that faith would be born in every single person. Faith for the purpose of God for their lives. Faith for their family. Faith God, would you, would you, would you bring it to pass, Father? Oh, I thank You. I thank You, Lord. Come on, stand to your feet. Just in a moment of surrender right now. Close your eyes. If you feel like God needs to stir your faith because you've been believing too much of the past, that there's limitations sitting all over you, why don't you open your hands all across this place, just as an attitude of surrender all across this place. Father, in the Name of Jesus, Father, in the Name of Jesus, Lord, would You just break things off Your people, Lord, that need to be broken. Lord, would You speak purpose and destiny into Your people, into families. Lord, I speak the blessing of God over families over this place. I speak, Lord, Your purpose. I speak, Lord, Your love. I speak, Lord, Your grace. I speak, God, the promises of God, Lord, over every life. In the Name of Jesus, I pray. 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 
Man, I just sense in my heart there's some people here today that you've realised that you've literally carried a negative report. You've literally carried an evil report and you've allowed the culture just to fill you with a, a, a kind of a fearful spirit. And in the Name of Jesus, that needs to be broken today. There's some people, you literally need to come forward right now. And I'm gonna wait for a moment, but I just believe there's some people, something significant's gonna shift off some people today. And I just believe there's some people who need to come forward to get prayer. And it may pack out the whole thing, but from the front to the aisle, just leave your seat right now. There's some things that need to shift. There, there's almost like there's there's family baggage. Man, there's 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 this inability to see yourself blessed is the is the best way to describe it. And that is gonna break today in Jesus' name, all across this place. Come on, don't let fear stop you, don't let anything else stop you. Come Holy Spirit, draw every person who needs to come right now. Come Holy Spirit, draw every person who needs to come now. Draw every person who needs to come now. Thank You, Lord. 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 If you're at the front, just pay attention to this for a second. There was probably a time, if you've ever heard someone insult you, it's almost like that negative word almost stayed with you. It's amazing that your dad can tell you, your mom can tell you you're beautiful, you're awesome, we love you, and all this kind of stuff. They can tell you a hundred times or two hundred times, but it's like one negative word just pierced your mind and pierced your heart. And someone said this about you and that about you. And it's almost like that became the image and the echo of your life. And often it does wound your soul. It's just the way it is. It shows that our soul was never meant to really feed on any kind of negative, negative words. But here's what I wanna say to you. In a, in a moment where the presence of God is here, like a word that would pierce you and you would remember 30 years later, I pray that the Holy Spirit anoints me to declare a blessing over you today that that will almost inject into your heart, inject into your faith right now. And 20 and 30 years from now, you would see yourself blessed because there was just a moment where you just said, God, if you've blessed me, let me receive it, not in my head, but in my heart and in my spirit right now. And if, if you're in the sanctuary right now and in your seat right now, you can receive this too. Come on, in a, in a moment of prayer right now, just believe that God is gonna do something significant in this house. If you're comfortable, lift your hands to heaven right now. Father, these are your sons and these are your daughters. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Lord, I declare the blessing of Abraham over them that they are blessed. They are blessed in their mind, blessed in their heart, blessed in their family, blessed in every way, Lord. Their soul would be blessed. Lord, according to your word in 3 John verse two, beloved, I pray above all things that they'd prosper and be in health, even as their soul would prosper. I would declare them more than conquerors. I would declare the spirit of faith getting on them. I would declare in the name of Jesus, the touch of God coming on you, sweetheart, in Jesus' Name. I would declare right now the blessing of God, that you could walk in the purpose of God, that you could become a great man of faith, that you would become an influencer for the things of God in the Name of Jesus. Lord, in the Name of Jesus, Lord, let a spirit of faith literally be released into these people. Lord, in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. Come on, come on, worship team, keep playing. Come on, just pastors, just pray over them. Just even from a distance, just stretch your hands over them. There's people in the aisle.
Spirit of God, come. Spirit of God, come. Come on. Father, I thank you for these moments. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Quietly now. Quietly now. Thank you, Lord. 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 share one more thing as we kind of wrap up service. When Abraham was called to be a blessing to nations, first God blesses him. And I found that so many people are searching for blessing and not believing that they're blessed. How many believe you're blessed? How many know in Christ you are blessed? In Christ you're blessed. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Blessed is the man that the Lord does not impute um, unrighteousness to him, but blesses him with righteousness. So I want us as a collective church to just say this simple prayer and just together say, we believe. Say this with me. We believe. We are blessed. And I declare the blessing of God over my mind, over my heart, over my family, over my generations. I align it with heaven and I declare we are blessed. We're not striving for blessing. We are blessed. Therefore,
we can be a blessing. I ask you, Holy Spirit, remove the things that would stop me walking in the blessing of God for my life in Jesus' Name. But I declare I am blessed. I'm an overcomer. We are overcomers. And we will fulfill all that God has for us. We will fulfill all that God has for us in Jesus' Name. Come on, if you believe it. Come on, give the Lord a shout. Praise God. Close your eyes. Father, I thank You. They're just rumours spread through speech. Lies are spread through speech. The blessings are spread through speech. So I bless Your people now. I bless them now. And I thank You through Christ. All of the blessings of God are available to us. I pray the spirit of faith would be on every person. With eyes closed all across this place, I never close a service without giving someone an opportunity to say yes to the one who's already said yes to you. To say, I surrender the one who already loves you. He paid the price for your past, present, future. He doesn't want you separate from Him. He died so that you would be connected to Him. The, loving, the most loving being in all the universe is the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Behold, I stand the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Literally, friendship with God is bought through the, what Jesus did on the cross. So maybe you're here today and you've not yet become a friend of God. By simple faith, you can turn to Him. By simple faith, you can surrender to Him. And all across this place, we're gonna pray a, a prayer as a church family. And so can we pray this together? Say, Jesus, I ask You to come into my life. I turn to You to trust in You, to ask You, be my Saviour, be my friend, be my Lord. Help me walk with You from this day on for the rest of my life. While eyes are closed all across this place, I just wanna recognize those of you that pray that prayer today and really mean business with God, that you feel like today's a day you're either receiving Him for the first time or coming back to Him. All across this place, we just slip up your hands, slip it up high, slip up your hands, slip it up high. Thank you, thank you, thank you. High enough, long enough for me to see it. Those in the front, those in the back, those at the side. That's awesome today. That's awesome today. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hand down. Father, I thank you for every hand. I thank you for every heart. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to seal what must be sealed in their life and mind. In the name of Jesus. Hey, give me your attention just for one second. 
Those of you that raise your hand, we have a free book at the right-hand side called Following Jesus. Make sure if you haven't already, you might have done this a month ago, two months ago, you never stopped by and got this book. Please do so and grab this book. It's our free resource to you. And then, um, yeah, that's it. We love you. Praying for you. God bless you.